Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, look at us. Monday, December 11th, there's smiles on our faces somehow. Well, one of our faces. I'm smiling. You're not smiling, Cart. How are you doing? I mean, nothing really to smile about. My team's under 500. Overall, my team is currently winless in the Big Ten. Uh, Not really much to smile about, to be honest with you, Gregory. Jawan Howard's in the middle of another physical altercation, and you are saying there's nothing to smile about in your life? No, honestly, I like seeing a coach with a little bit of fight. (laughs) Okay, all right. Uh, What's going on behind you? Is that an easel? Yeah, that was the easel where I had had some artwork up uh, last episode. But like I said, it looked like a funeral viewing easel, and now I didn't take the easel down, so it's just kind of standing there. So now we're just leaving an empty easel up? Yeah, there's been a lot of background talk about what we're going to do with my background because people don't like seeing stairs to my basement and stuff like that. So hopefully some change of scenery, some backdrop changes come in this week. Uh, But also at the same time, there's no one who listens to this who's going to do anything about it, like actually do anything about it. They might complain. They're not going to do anything about it. So it is what it is. So that easel's just like kind of standing there doing nothing. Like, yeah, that that easel's pointless, and it's also very much in the way too. Like if I go to walk walk upstairs, the easel's definitely a ha- easel's definitely a hazard for yeah, everybody's that, household. That easel's Carson Cooper is what I'm trying to say. I'd rather have that easel than both of our centers. <laughs> All right, I uh, I would say this is going to be a fun episode, but quite frankly, I don't know if it is. This might <laughs> this might be a horrible episode. Uh, hey, it is a new week. It's a very quiet week to give you an expectation of what uh, will be coming on the channel later this week. Um, Not a lot of great games this week, so I feel like there's going to be less previews and recaps than you're used to. We do have a great Saturday slate, though, so we'll be gearing up for that. We may drop a lot of previews throughout the week, a couple days earlier than normal for those games on Saturday. Uh, We had a great week last week. Once again, the most views in channel history. We did 1 million impressions on the Sleepers Media YouTube channel in the last seven days, which is crazy. Um, Approaching six digits on the number of views that we had in a week. That's like we're very close to that. That might come in a couple weeks. So uh, all in all, thanks to everybody who watches our videos because things are going exactly how we kind of hoped they would when we started doing the preview recap model. And to mix in that, we still want to give you the Monday through Friday daily episodes. Uh, this one's late, again, because Jawan Howard threw my world upside down. That's it. But we're planning on having the rest of these podcast episodes the rest of the week be released in the morning. So we will work on that. What you sipping on, Cart? Coffee. Oh, nice. Just a, a nice black coffee today. That's it? Nice nice black coffee. The second one. Second one of the day. Nice. You don't deserve any creamer? No. Yeah. Okay. You got to win games to get creamer. Yeah, I I gotta do my. I think I gotta do my part too. We talked. We talked about like percentage of whose fault it is. I don't think I took enough blame in this. Mm. I don't know what I can do better, but there's something I can do. Mm. I like accountability. I got a I got a week off before we play Baylor. I'm literally using this as a self reflection week to find out what I can do so I can hold my head high. Nice. I like the accountability from you. Uh, yeah, I, I was very close to suggesting that maybe Nick Sanders could join me as my co-host for a couple of days and. You know, maybe that'll fix things. That'll certainly light a fire under you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> all right. Do you have a YouTube comment you want to start us off with today? Can I get a jab graphic counter down below? Yeah, we got two. We got two okay. jabs this far. <laughs> all right. I just I want to make I want to make that known. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Let's see here. I'm actually gonna go from our Michigan State and Nebraska game recap. This one came from Terrence L. Terrence L. Spain. Um, it resembles my Tar Heels last year when we clearly missed manic shooting and MSU is Josie is Joey Hauser shooting. 
Cart, I know how you feel. I felt the same way about my heels last year. UNC for L. Uh, I was a huge advocate of I don't see the perils or the the, the parallel between UNC and their number one ranking missing a tournament that team and this year's Michigan State team is that is is that closer than I than I gave it credit for originally? I think it is. I brought it up on After Dark last night to to RC who um. I, you know, I, I, he kind of took the bait. I don't want to say that it was bait, but he kind of just like he was smirking while saying it. But he's like, "Yeah, there's a lot here that maps." Um, I just think it it's the two most pointed examples I can think of of a team losing one guy, and then everybody else is affected so much by the loss of that one guy. But I'm thinking about like that UNC starting five. What was the biggest hole in that starting five? Um, I, like mean, I know Manic left, but was it Pete Nance instead of instead of uh instead of Manic? Pete Nance was really clunky. Yeah, it it was Pete Nance. So what happened was like so Michigan State situation's worse. Yes. Yep. It's wor- It's it's worse than UNC. Yes, mostly because like Armando Baycott is a better player than your centers, but like I, it's more embarrassing for UNC though. If that makes you feel any better, like the last year's UNC team still had the talent to be a really good team, despite what happened. Uh, Michigan State on the bright side is maybe just its expectations more than it is like massive underachievement, you know? Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, even even the hype that Michigan State had, the hype was also different between the two teams. I mean, very similar. Don't get me wrong. But like yeah. there was a there was a Sports Illustrated cover reincarnated of the year they won the championship and they're the number one team Yeah, after the previous year going to the championship game and having it like it, it's similar for sure. Uh, but you know, it's like, it's like picking worse versus worse between it's like Michigan state centers, you know, one, one's Carson Cooper and one's Monty Soko. They're both bad. One's maybe a little worse, a little less worse. Yeah. I think like, you know, sports illustrated was giving North Carolina's guys publicity. Wiener world is giving Michigan state's guys publicity. University right? Wiener. University Wiener. Sorry. That's that, that should have been maybe the moment we realized the, the guy who's at media day saying that he's the, one of the best point guards in the country. Uh, is working with Wiener world an hour later. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, can I, I'd like to read a comment. Can I have a comment of the day today? Yeah. Do you actually like look at the comments, uh, like the YouTube comments and like get mad at the ones I pick sometimes? Not really. No. Okay. I like all our comments. Yeah. I never have a problem with anyone you read. Um, So this, this is a tweet response to me. I got some bars off on Twitter last night. Of course, I was once again, the jabs, right? I was throwing a couple jabs, both at my own program and also your program. And uh, one of my tweets was, uh, I said I would have been in the portal yesterday if I'm a McDonald's All-American collecting DNPs on a four and five team with a coach threatening to play his son. I quote tweeted the video of Izzo joking that Nick Sanders and Steven Izzo might get minutes at center. Mm. I want to read a response tweet. This is from Jaden at J underscore A underscore D underscore E underscore N one. That's more underscores than you have. That's embarrassing. That is. Uh, here, here's the word for word tweet. He said, and Greg, that's why you're only a fan and we're never an All-American. You're a fat, lazy bum with no life and no future. Your wife's going to be fat and you're just an idiot. God damn. Somebody replied to that and said, damn, you laid it on thick. <laughs> I was going to quote tweet it, but I didn't want to bring a lot of uh, attention to it. I just, I literally like spit out my drink laughing to... to, to that final line he went to is wild. That's insanity. Uh, yeah, Will Smith style. Keep my wife's name out your mouth, Jaden. Okay. Holy grief, man. Yeah, not great. Not great. Uh, all right. Let's move to the Discord, which uh, part, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not. I don't want to ever say I'm disappointed in our Discord because I love every member of our Discord. But we we didn't hit the 90 milestone that we tried so hard to hit. I mean, what do we gotta do to get there, y'all? What 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 do we gotta do? I feel like we're putting forth the effort. I feel like we're putting forth the content. What do we gotta do? I'm telling y'all, the Discord is the Discord's fire. Come check it out for the simple, simple cost of $9.99 if you use the desktop to join. 
make it happen. I want to do a power hour stream. I think that would do great. I can't do that unless y'all meet me halfway. And I already did a flash sale. And the flash sale failed. So come on. In your defense, uh, we did we got enough people to join to hit the mark. We just also lost some people concurrently with uh, the people who did sign up. But I do want to give a shout out, by the way. We've, we've mentioned his name on the show multiple times. Jeff Parks, back in the Discord. Jeff, uh, you are officially the first person who has left the Discord and rejoined the Discord. And we appreciate you, my friend. It's great to see you back in there. You are a beloved member of this community. You always have been, even when you left. So uh, we appreciate you, my friend. Yeah. Shout out to Rolling Stone Magazine. Shout out them. All right. Uh, so <laughs> we... Uh, uh, I got to go back and find the comments. We're going back to Friday, I believe, here. Um, let's start with Zator. Yeah, Zator. Okay, he says, how would you rank the amount of disappointment for each Big Ten team so far? That seems like a segment. Maybe we do that tomorrow or maybe later this week, just like Big Ten disappointment meter. Um, but overall, everyone should be wildly disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed in everybody, but I mean, we'll do full seven, but like off the top of the head, Purdue, Illinois. Uh, Wisconsin? In Ohio State. I'm kind of disappointed in Ohio State. I'm kind of disappointed in Wisconsin. Yeah, true. Honestly, the only two clear-cut not disappointed in is Illinois and Purdue. Yeah, brutal. Uh, okay, Zeter says, is it too early to revisit the top 25 preseason players in the Big Ten? Uh, no, it isn't too early. It's never, first of all, it's never too Never ask a question and say, is it too early? It's never too early. Yeah, I don't feel like anything is ever too early, to be honest. Um, so let's just go back through this. Uh, the top five preseason, Edie was one, Terrence Shannon was two, Tyson Walker was three, Jameer Young was four, Boo Booey was five. Uh, I think the only only flip there is you probably dropped Jameer Young from that, and you got to have Boo third. I think. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you dropped Jameer and you put Braden in the top five, right? That's the thing. I don't know who five is. I think it could be Braden. It definitely could be Braden. Um, going back through the actual list, they had Cliff Amorier at six, Coleman Hawkins at seven. Olivier Kamwa at eight, AJ Hogarth at nine, and Zed Key at ten. <laughs> uh, all five of those players are overrated. Yeah. Well, uh, Olivier's been really good. He's not the eighth best player in the conference. Are we sure? I, I guess he might be, but that's he, an indictment. Might, on the I conference. think he might be. Yeah, that's that's an indictment on the conference. Um, yeah. yeah, but even further down, man, just get like Ace Baldwin eleven, Kisei twelve, Sanford thirteen, Dawson Garcia fourteen, AJ Store fifteen. This this conference stinks. It's bad. Braden yeah. Smith wasn't on the list, which is absurd. He uh he would absolutely be in the argument for five. I had it like this. I had a uh, ED one, TSJ two, then a gap, then Boo Booey at three, then a gap, then Tyson Walker at four, then a gap. And then I think the fifth spot either goes to Jameer Young or Braden Smith or Doug. Or I think you could make an argument that Khalil Ware and Bruce Thornton could work their way into the fifth spot. Yeah. Can Roddy Gale work his way in or he hasn't done enough? I think yeah, – I don't know. He's just used so much as like the complimentary guy to Bruce Thornton right now. They yeah. both feel like six through ten to me. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking all those guys over Conway though, by the way. Ware, yeah. Thornton, Smith, Doug, Jameer Young. Put something as a note down. I would like to do at the end of this year, like our current top twenty-five players in the Big Ten. I like that. I think it'd be fun. fun. It'd be fun for me and you to do it, and then like cross-reference. Sounds very fun. All right, uh, Stevie Tom eighteen says, "How do you feel about stats like plus-minus or Evan Mia's BPR?" I was looking at BPR and noticed that Trey Kaufman Wren has the third highest for Purdue behind Braden and Zach, nearly making it top fifty in the nation. I haven't been particularly impressed with him this season. I know Painter pays a lot of attention to advanced metrics. Wouldn't be surprised if this explains him still starting and getting so many minutes. First off, shout out Evan Mia. Shout out the whole BPR model. I know from talking to Evan in the past, there are absolutely coaches who pay attention to his stuff and uh, pay for his site and make sure that they have access to all of that and define their rotations based on some of that. It's a really useful tool. There's a limit to its usefulness in 
spots. Like I, I think it's a great tool. I use it all the time. I love the work Evan does, but Trey Kaufman Wren is not Purdue's third best player. He does not make sense with Zach Eady, no matter what BPR says. Yeah, I agree. I like, and I, I agree with and repeat all of your sentiment. Like I use Maradona is how I refer to him. Evan Mia. I use his stuff all the time. He's a really good friend of ours. I really enjoy using his. It's always interesting to like break down the lineups and look at things like that and look at BPR. Um, and I, for the most part, agree with honestly everything about that. But anytime you use analytics, it's like a, it's, it's a tool. I think it's a tool that you use to also kind of put together against your own, what you see type things. And like, I see that and I just can't, I can't equate that with what I see when, guys like TK are on the floor like it is it just like I I don't I don't mean to say it'd be rude like I don't care but I don't care when I actually watch it and I see like what it looks like it just is what it is but it's it's a tool like you said and if college coaches are using it then it's a it's a legit ass tool in my eyes yeah no it's it's a great resource um yeah Evan I'm in a fantasy football league with Evan and some other college basketball guys he actually co-owns a team with our beloved Riley Davis and uh it's really it's really fun to see the different approaches of how you go about something even as trivial as fantasy football based on who you are and what matters to you, like mindset wise, because Evan, like, like they have a spreadsheet. He has his own version of BPR. He has his model for fantasy football players and he won't trade unless the model says he's going to win. Like he just, he, he is by the book. I'm trusting my numbers over everything. And uh, sometimes there are like very obvious issues with that. Like there, he had Jonathan Taylor valued as a very, uh, very minimal guy because uh, whatever his numbers said, just were were not computing with how he had missed games early in the season. So I'm like, dude, it's it's about being good at the end of the season. That's what you want to do. It's not about what your model says in November. And we had some like very heated back and forth fantasy football discussions, but at the end of the day, it comes back to the way Evan Mia does it. Smart guy, great guy. We love Evan Miyakawa. Uh, Matt F says, is Tyson Walker a potential lottery slash first round pick if he's 6'4 instead of 5'11? Uh, I I don't know if it'd be lottery necessarily because I don't know if he does a lot of the other things. But if you get a six five, six four Tyson Walker, like that's a fifteen year like role player on a good team to me because I think he's really good defensively, and then obviously the scoring part. I feel like that. I feel like that earns him a role in the NBA. Yeah, i I think the answer is yes. I guess I just don't. I don't know. It's so hard to envision a bigger Tyson Walker because he would be so skinny. Like, does he get stronger also if he's up to six four? Like, I'm, I'm assuming that. I I love Matt F, but I, I some questions like this, I just I kind of hate to be honest. Oh, like, stop it! I love this question. I don't like because I don't like I don't I don't like. Oh, if Doug was six four, if Doug was six two, yeah. Like, I, I mean, yeah. Like, if I was able to not go back for seconds we would have a sleepers only fans account like this. I, the ifs just don't do it for me. So just, I Googled Marcus Sasser height because that's the first thing that came up. Marcus Sasser is like six, four, isn't he? Sasser is six, two and Sasser feels incredibly small at the NBA level. And to me, Marcus Sasser was a much better score guy in college than Tyson Walker has been. Uh, Tyson, Tyson's great. Sasser was like all American guy. So, like Sasser, we're seeing him have success at the NBA level. He's two inches shorter than what this bar would potentially be, but I don't know. I think uh, it, he Sasser, was, Sasser was a first round pick too. It was a little reachy from the Pistons, but it worked out. It worked out. It worked out. Uh, yeah, Tyson would play a long time if he was taller. Boom Fizzle says, "Looks like both Edie and Braden are analytics darlings." Oh boy, Cart the, the Purdue fans found the lytics. That's where we're at right now. Uh, Boom Fizzle says, do you buy Smith being rated this highly or are the stats skewed simply because he plays with Edie? Um, so I, this is another Evan Mia. I think it's they link to Evan Mia's site where he has like the top 10 players sorted by his BPR and Braden Smith is in there. For the record, Braden Smith has been in there since preseason. Like, like this model has been like there's preseason stuff that goes into this for projection purposes. Braden Smith was top 10 coming into the season. 
So I do buy that he is that good. I, I wouldn't say Brain Smith is a top 10 player in the country right now, but as far as like defining a player's worth with the what BPR is, it makes sense that he's in the top 10. Yeah, it does. And that's that's the word that that needs to be a focus of here. It's the it's the worth portion of it. Because to my eyes, a top 10 player in the country, despite whether you know, you're having a game against a lower opponent or getting things done. They don't have like the Braden Smith, eight points, six rebounds, six assist games. Like they don't have those type of games. Like the top 10 players are on go at all times and have big numbers. And he does what he does for Purdue because that's exactly what they need. But yeah, top 10 player is pushing it for me just like overall. But as far as worth, like I can see why that could be calculated that way. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next one from Ulamog. He's got our people of the week, our players of the week. Sleep Freak of the Week goes to Fam for keeping the betting channel alive with his mostly winning picks, unlike some other member who dropped one insane champions parlay on a random Tuesday only to never be heard from again. I still remember when the Discord was being marketed for the betting picks, and Fam is the only one propping it up. Yeah, that's on us. That's like we got to have thumbs pointed back at ourselves that we've dropped the ball from a betting perspective. I mean, we we rerouted it. I mean, the newsletters disappeared. Yeah, well, and we wonder why people can't sign up for the Discord. Okay, but also under the under the uh, advice of our council, we were told not to prop it up as a betting thing. And I listened to my council. That's actually true. Yeah, Sleeper's legal team's been uh <laughs> doing some things. Uh, Sleeper of the week goes to Greg for his rap. Such a shame we didn't get a live reaction from Carter or Bluffs. That's back-to-back Sleeper of the week for me. That's crazy. If it's three times, I'm I, I'm going to have to do it. I don't know. You got a leg up on me right now with the easel. I don't know how I'm going to overcome that. If it's three weeks in a row, just just know I'm going to I'm going to start some things. You going to lock yourself in the Anytime Fitness weight room and put Final Four logos on the TVs? And one more to the jack counter. <laughs> Jesse, the lost baby boiler says he rewatched the Purdue Bama game. Purdue starting five needs to be Braden Smith, either Jones or lawyer, Cam Heidi or Colvin Gillis or first and Edie. I'm assuming the first names there. Who's he's, he's saying the five should be. So Smith, Jones, Heidi, Gillis, Edie. He says, we cannot have Jones and lawyer on the floor at the same time. Shooting us out of games. Unless he's going to shoot five threes a game, we can't have TKR on the floor. Uh, tell me I am wrong. I can't tell him that he's wrong. But the main one that needs to be discussed is Mason Gillis should be playing so much more for this basketball team. Yeah. Yeah, he should. Like, that. that's your answer. Your, your four is right there. It should be Gillis. Yeah. I kind of think this team has an argument that it would be better if TKR and first just didn't exist. I would take honestly paint my dog. Send them both to EL. I'll take first. I, I like would, both of them as players, by the way. Like I think yeah, they're both I, very oh, good players. Oh, but. I was devastated when we didn't get first. Yeah. Did was Michigan State trying to get first? We were in if I'm not mistaken, it was between us and I think it was us and I think it was us and Purdue were the final two. Okay. All right. Well, in hindsight, pretty pretty good choice. By him? Yeah. I mean, he'd be he'd be the starting five for our basketball team. But yes, success wise, great choice for him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is where Ryan the Lion tells us that Michigan State has as many second weekends as Purdue has in the Caleb first air. Uh, Tra- Travis Nelson says, "What does the MSU coaching staff see in Madi that the rest of us don't?" I don't know. I don't know. I'm, so- I'm sorry, I don't. I. Uh... Like experience, that's my guess. That's it. I don't think it's it, man. I think uh, there's a conversation to be had here that people need to realize it's not Madi versus Cooper. It's all of the centers versus anything else. Like, I think Madi impacted the game more than Carson Cooper did last night for Michigan State. So, like. So I don't. Uh, that's why. That's, I, that's, also, that's also not saying much. But he right, did. and I'm I'm not saying that Travis Nelson is implying that. But it just like the the question is always Madi, Madi, Madi. What's wrong with Madi? Why Madi, Madi, Madi? It's never 
why both of these guys? They both are horrible. Um, I, you sent me multiple texts in the middle of the game last night of people we follow that are just complaining. Well, it's time to make the switch to Cooper. That doesn't help anything. <laughs> like Cooper didn't grab a rebound last night. And he got his ass bust. Yeah, it's got to be uh it has to be something more creative and uh ultimately maybe it maybe the answer to what does Michigan State's coaching staff see in Madi that the rest of us don't maybe Michigan State sees Carson Cooper for who he is and the rest of us don't. That might be it. I do. That might be it. Uh guy says, "Are you ready for a guy comment by the way after a Nebraska win from guy?" Just uh, just honestly crazy. Yes. He says, my head-banded king, Sam Hoiberg, kills Tyson's momentum. That's your savior, Carter? Four foot seven, Tyson Walker? Nebraska sucks. We shouldn't be doing this to your college basketball team. Factual statements from our from our guy guy. Step back, Sam. The, That's the, crazy, crazy the, to me. The lineage from step back Jack has now been passed down to, to Sam Hoiberg. Absolutely, absolutely wild. Crazy. Tristan Freeman busting bracket says, uh, forget about the phrase hot seat for a second. Which Big Ten programs do y'all truly think needs a fresh start with a new head coach? Iowa's the first one that comes to mind. I can't think of any program that's coming off a decade plus run of national prominence that just needs a fresh start at head coach. I can't think of one, Tristan. You can't. No, I just I can't certainly can't think of one right now. Uh, Matt F, the over under on Izzo retiring was about five ish years after this year by most people. If this season continues on this path, what is your prediction on his future? Does it change at all? Uh, yes, it lowers. You really think so? Yeah, I believe like the range I said was three to five more years for Izzo, leaning more towards the three. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I'm never going to speculate that Izzo's going to be done because he's too hey, stubborn. Greg, we've done a lot of podcast episodes. You remember when I used to pull out that notebook and make a graph? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I wish I had my notebook with me, but if I'm like, if I'm making a graph of what's going on, here we go. A little down here, down, down. Lose the Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament. Oh, we beat USC. Oh, we beat Marquette. Oh, we battled to the depths of hell with Marquise Noel and ended up losing at halftime. We're doing great. We're recruiting. I'm going off the screen. We're feeling amazing. We got banners up. We love it. And down. And down. And even more down. If it keeps going like that throughout the rest of the season, isn't it becoming a trend that has a little bit of a uh, some type of bump last season because of what we did? But if you go even go back two years before that, everything's just it down, maybe leveled out, but it's it's down. Like we, we use the word trajectories of programs. Ours isn't the best right now. If you look at the last four years, I think it's hard to do trajectory because the entire Izzo conversation about his future comes back to Jeremy Fears in this freshman class. Like we were told Jeremy Fears is special and He's a generational leader that Izzo hasn't seen since his favorite player he's ever coached, Mateen Cleaves, who, oh, by the way, is the guy who led him to a national championship. So, like, that's the expectation. That is what has been put upon this kid from the moment he stepped into the weight room. That's our best leader. He's a freshman. He's special. I would think Tom Izzo is going nowhere until that kid's gone. Um, But as far as trajectory goes – the future was supposed to look bright because Cohen Carr and Xavier Booker were supposed to be big parts of the future. Gary Norman was supposed to be a big part of the future. Next year, Kerr Tang is coming in. There's other guys coming in too. Like they, there was supposed to be momentum going into next year. And instead, like we're we're I don't I know we can't look ahead, but we can look ahead. You lose Tyson Walker. What the hell happens to this team when you lose Tyson Walker? Like your your centers are coming back next year. The centers are back. That's the only thing we know about this team. And is Xavier Booker back? I don't know. Is Jay Nakins back? I don't know. Is AJ Hogarth going to take a COVID year? I don't know. But none of those things seem particularly promising. So in the end, to me, it comes down to Izzo's belief in Jeremy Fears and if Cohen Carr and Xavier Booker turn into anything by the end of this year. Yeah, but also on the spin zone, look at the positive. Maybe Maybe a nice little reset. Somewhat of a cleanse. 
might do wonders. Are you implying you need a cleanse at the coaching spot? Not no, more so just program wise. Oh, the the player spots. Yeah, let's let's move on. Let's move on from that whole 2020 recruiting class. Thank you for your service. Okay. All right. Uh, Matt F wanted to adjust his original question to say, name a college coach who would bench their six foot 11 and a half with two DNPs after watching what he currently has at center. Would any other coach in the country do that? Uh, Any of the older brigade of coaches, I think would do so. Yeah. Okay. Jesse lost baby boiler. I'm hoping at some point you guys talk about Purdue Fort Wayne's 10 and one start. They're two and zero in league play best in school history. Never been to the dance. Is this going to be the year? You're not going to get any IPFW talk on this pod. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask, like, what does the year mean for Purdue Fort Wayne? Yeah, they got a cool – like, I I rock with the Mastodons. I believe that's what they are. looks like an elephant. Mm-hmm. Besides that, like, that, there's not going to be any talk of them. I'm sorry. Had a really good win against Oakland. They blew out Oakland at the arena. That impressed me. Um, but, yeah, they've only played one legitimately good team, and they kind of got ran by San Francisco. Um, from what I've seen, they're a fun team to watch. Like they play fast and have a good offense, but, uh, yeah, they got to maybe beat Pitt in a week, beat Tristan's Pitt team. And then we can maybe have an IPFW conversation. Coy says, Illinois is going to lose one of their next two games, Colgate or Missouri. Which one is it? And why? I don't think they're going to lose either of those games. Yeah, but you have to accept the premise that they're going to lose one. Which one is it? And why? I think they'd lose to Missouri because somewhat of a rivalry-ish game. I believe I believe there's like history between those two schools, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like recruiting battles, just a little bit of everything, just with the proximity of Missouri as well. Um, yeah, but I think it'd be the Missouri game just because I actually like some of the pieces Missouri has. Um, so I think I'd go with that. But I truly believe that they win both of those games. I will also take Missouri just because Missouri is a better basketball team than Colgate in my mind, but I am a little worried there could be a hangover from the Tennessee game. Like just, it seems like a sleepy spot to come home and get Colgate after a little bit of a, like, you know, just, just, you got kind of worn down at the end of that game and now you're resting up and then home gaming. It just, I'm a little worried they could start slow in that game. We've seen the team start slow, but uh, I think they win both. That boy from Illinois is the last time. Both MSU football and basketball finished with losing records was 1981. Michigan State will need to go at least nine and eleven in the Big Ten to avoid making history. Why are we at this point? I mean, so they got to go nine and nine in the rest of their Big Ten games since they're zero and two. They got to go five hundred the rest of the way to have a winning record this season. They don't do that. I, I just can't mentally process the world where Michigan State doesn't make the tournament. I've I'm already like accepted it. I've already accepted it. It's oh it's Joe over. It's is over. It's, is, is over o- is over. I did uh I made shirts two years ago that said is over, and then I never sent them to production because Aaron Henry stopped the fish from swimming or whatever it was. So I uh <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of scared. Uh Dan the F and man says, Can you remember a time that you were this disappointed in a Michigan State basketball team? A lot of cathartic moments for Michigan State fans today, Cart. Aaron. Yeah, don't I don't know if I've ever been this this uh upset. But maybe I shouldn't be. I don't know. It just sucks. Is what it is. Uh, Jesse the Lost Baby Boiler has a long comment here um, about how since the pandemic, there have been players that basically spent half of their high school experience like doing remote school stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked, do you think that there's anything that translates like a- as a result of that being their experience that maybe players need a little more patience in delivering who they are as a basketball player, as a person from like an understanding standpoint and a coachability standpoint, anything like that. You think that's a fair theory? Uh, I would relate the theory to more just high school basketball in general and kind of what it's become. Um, So yeah, I would just, I would refer to that more so than like the remote learning type type uh theory but i guess i can kind of see that i think you could put xavier booker on mars 
where there's no pandemics and he would still have the same issues that he has from a <laughs> coachability standpoint. Malik Perry says this team will either pull themselves out of the hole or Barry Izzo. Do you agree with that? Barry Izzo? Yeah. I'm still in the camp of if we continue on the trend of this season, like it's discussion time. It's like open the book, start the dialogue. Completely bury? Absolutely not. I don't think you can bury Izzo. Like I I don't think there's anything that could happen that buries Tom Izzo at this point. Uh, Malik Perry says, I hope Izzo gets buried <laughs> so we get a roster filled with transfer killers at the five and three. I mean, I, I just don't know. That just seems a little too far. I would like to crowdfund getting Malik Perry uh, on a bus to the Michigan State basketball offices and just send him in with a GoPro and be like, <laughs> do do your best. Figure out what we can we can do here. I'd love to see what happened. Uh, all right, a couple more will fly through here. Travis Nelson, it'll never happen, but my hope for this team is when Kohler gets back, go with him and Booker and completely away from Sissoko and Cooper. Uh, Eight-man rotation gives you Hogard, Walker, Aikens, Hall, Fears, Carr, Booker, Kohler. Could that happen? Uh, at this point, yeah, but also we got a big man coming off a foot injury in the middle of the season. Yeah, I think if you're banking on Jackson Kohler to be the savior, you're setting yourself up for failure here. That would be my my hesitation. But also Jackson Kohler with a bad foot is still better than both of our centers right now. Maybe. In did a you, boot. Did you think Jackson Kohler was better than these centers last season? Uh, I actually did, yeah. Okay. I, I think you and I were in the minority on that. Yeah. Yeah. He is. I think he's been the best since he stepped on this campus. Yeah, I I agree with that. But um, all right. I believe that's it for today. All right. We made it through. Thanks to everybody in the comment section. We appreciate you. Let's get to our topics today, Cart. Mick Cronin had a hilarious quote that I want to come back to this weekend. I, I can't remember. Are you a Mick Cronin guy or not? Am I a Mick Cronin guy? Yeah, I am. Okay. I'll be curious if you like this quote or not. Uh, this was a very your coach at Albion quote, I feel like, if he was talking about you. Uh, Mick Cronin came to the podium and said, Eric Dixon, it's not like he's a great athlete. He got 10 rebounds. The other kid, Burton, he played four years at Richmond. Very loaded comments, like kind of really going personally at two of the players on Villanova who uh, really won Villanova the game against UCLA. If you listen to the full quote, if you watch the full video, Cronin is trying to make a clear point about Adam Bona, who just had a horrible game. And Cronin was calling out his effort. Um, the part that got clipped and written by all of these sites was just the words about the Villanova players. So it made it a little better if you saw the full video. But are you okay with this quote from Mick Cronin? Do you think it's ridiculous? How do you feel? I think I'm in the minority of this, and I'm okay with it. Wow. I'm like I, I am, to be honest with you. Like one, I think the Adem Bona part is a big factor in this. And I get it. Like, you don't want to personally name kids like that. Could he have maybe worded it differently? Yes. But it's used as a tactic to come back to the fact that he wants to motivate his own players and do his own things. And Adem Bona, like I even stated in the preview that I did, this should have been a game that he dominated. Eric Dixon should not be able to hang with him. Other guys on his team should not be able to hang with him. That is That is a fact in my eyes. Are they? Did they catch a stray because of what the point was that he wanted to talk about his own players? Yeah, but I, I just don't. I don't see that big of an issue with it. Like maybe if I'm Eric Dixon and those guys, I'm like, damn, McCrone is disrespecting me, which he kind of is. He's saying that them bonus better than. But like, who really, who really cares? Isn't most coaches going to say that their player is better than the other the other player on the other team? Like that's that's just that's normal to me. Yeah. Okay. Um... I'm. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised this is your stance, but I don't agree with it. Uh, Connor Hope had a good poll on Cronin. He says, uh, in five seasons at the helm of UCLA, Mick Cronin has not brought in one up transfer. He's only added three transfers during his Bruins tenure. All three came from high major schools. So, like, pretty clearly some animosity to the mid-major level here from Mick, which honestly, from a portal perspective, I don't mind that element of it. Like, like if, if Mick had come to the podium and just been like, look, our center got outworked 
by two mid-major guys who are now at Villanova. If he had just if he had been more broad about that, I don't have a huge issue with it because I hate up transfers in general. I think that's a fail, failing way to build a team. I think that's part of why Villanova is bad this year. By the way, is that they're built around these guys who are up transfers. I don't like going so personally at them. I don't like saying Eric Dixon is a bad athlete. I don't like. I mean, the the Burton thing, you didn't even mention his full name. You say the other kid, Burton, he played four years at Richmond. Like, that's supposed to be some horrible thing. He was super productive there, and now he's at Villanova because he earned that opportunity. So, like, imagine, let's just say hypothetically, like, Jeff Goodman's in a Zoom call with Field of 68 folks, and he drops a Carter Elliott. It's not like he's a great podcaster. He got one million impressions last week. Like, aren't you disgusted by that? Am I disgusted by it? Yeah, like, aren't you upset about that? I mean, am I upset about it? Maybe a little bit, but also, <laughs> that ain't what you want to do. <laughs> I'm, built <there. laughs> I'm, I'm built extremely differently. So what do you think Eric Dixon's doing when he sees this quote? Like, what's what's Eric Dixon's approach? Shit, he, I mean, if he's probably like he's probably like that's that's hilarious because you thought that and I went out there and I busted your big man's ass and I'm probably gonna you I'm probably gonna keep that I'm a we're two petty mfers. You telling me you're not keeping a chip? I love I love keeping a chip. I like a chip too. Uh, it's a crack, not a chip. It's always there. But to me, I. I would have loved if Eric Dixon came out and said something publicly after this. Like if I'm Eric Dixon on a Saturday night and I see this, I can't quote tweet that fast enough with like just a screenshot of the ESPN app with the score. Yeah. But also like, what's he supposed to say that my coach out coached your coach or something like that? Then he'd be a liar. <laughs> I don't know. He could have like put a turtleneck on and done like a little fireside chat and uh, just read off his stats and then read off a bonus stats in the game. That's what I would have done. Yeah, but again, I'm a, I'm a petty mf'er. So yeah, I'm, I, I I'm I'm shit. I'm all for it. Why not call him out? At least don't be. At least if you're gonna send a shot, at least send it. Okay. All right, Mick will be interesting, but what an add to the Big Ten Conference coming soon. Uh, I don't think there will be a shortage of Mick Cronin moments, and uh, for whatever, how many years we get Mick Cronin and Tom Izzo overlapping, there's going to be some sort of moment between those two. I can feel that coming. Uh, okay, you you have a topic you brought to the table today, which is interesting. Uh, there's seven undefeated teams left in college basketball. We might throw some honorable mentions in here that have lost a game at the end, but we want to play a game of are these teams actually good? We're going to go through the seven undefeated teams, and you tell me, are they actually good or are they not? Team yeah. number one, uh, the first three are pretty obvious, so we can be quick, but team number one is the number one team on Kempom. That's the Houston Cougars. They are 10-0. and 0. Are they actually good or not? They are good, but they are also not previous Houston teams. I want to make that very, very clear. They're good, though. Should we change the bar from good to great for the first three? Like, is Houston actually great? No, Houston is good. So Houston's not great. They're good. Okay, not, I, not I agree with that. Good. Arizona. They are great. Are, are they great? They are great? They are great. Best team in college basketball? Yes. You and I need to get involved. I know uh, I love the Heat Check guys. I love how much they're helping us. I'm a little jealous you and I haven't been able to talk Arizona in the last couple weeks for the recaps and previews. We got to get in because I see uh, Arizona fans have been uh, they've been lighting Connor Hope on fire after whatever he said in the recap. So we need to we'll, we'll do Arizona Purdue later this week, and I'm excited we get to talk about Arizona. Baylor, uh, are they good? Are they great or not? I think Baylor's great, actually. Can they be great with the not great defense, though? I th the thing is, I think that it picks up. Okay. I mean, it would, in theory, pick up against a team that can't make a shot from outside, right? And add one to the jab counter. <laughs> but, yes. Actually, y'all are making shots. That could be an entertaining game. Yeah. And then Baylor wins 90 to, 90 to 64. Are you going to that game? It's an LCA, right? I am not going to that game. Mm, okay. Going to, the, going to the Lions game that night, actually. Oh, even better. Okay. Uh, all right. So we got through the first three. All those teams are obviously good. I would say Baylor is not great for the record. I think Arizona is the only great team that we just talked about. They don't have the defense. Two of the four that should be fun. 
Oklahoma is nine and zero on the season. Porter Mosier is uh, really has a team looking good right now. They've had comfortable wins over a bunch of good teams. Providence and Arkansas being the most recent ones. They had wins earlier this season over Iowa and UC USC. Those look a little worse than they did at the time, if not a lot worse in Iowa's case. But all in all, this is a good team. 12th best defense in the country, 35th best offense. Is Oklahoma actually good? Yes or no? I actually think they are good because I think last year you looked at like, I think everyone believed in Porter Moser as a coach. Like when you get down to the nitty gritty, everybody believed him, believed him as a coach. But there was like a little bit of adjustment period going from the Missouri Valley to the Big 12 and getting Big 12 level athletes, Big 12 level players, uh, Big 12 level talent. And I think that Porter and his staff have done a great job of that this season. And now you're seeing you're reaping the benefits of that. You're reaping the rewards. I think this is a good basketball team. I don't think this is a fraudulent, um, you know, uh, record, in my opinion. Also, Javion McCollum is an absolute monster. Like he is a killer killer. Uh, they got some good, they got some pieces on his team. And I think that Porter, like I said, Porter Moses is a really good coach. So like I'm I'm buying the Sooners as a good basketball team. Okay, I'm with that. I uh, I like that they feel like they don't have a superstar to me. Like you I, don't think, you don't think Javion McCollum's a superstar? I think them? he's a great player. Like he's their best player. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a superstar, and I think on other nights it could be other guys who step up. Like I think Otega away is very very good. He's been their yeah. best player in games. Um. I don't know. I I I just think they're balanced, and I like that. I like Porter Moser teams that feel like they have five different guys that can beat you. Like I, I think back, like Crutwig was obviously the superstar, but like they had Clay Custer who could kill you. They had Lucas Williamson who could kill you. Like that's where they're most dangerous to me. And I feel like Oklahoma has the balance this season where they could surprise people in Big Twelve play. So I'm with you. I think they're a good basketball team. Moving down the list, is Clemson actually good? Yes or no? They are nine and zero. Uh, you you love the Tigers, I'm pretty sure. I love the Tigers. I love the front court. I love P.J. Hall. love Dylan Hunter. Uh, the addition of Joe Girard. Not saying he's buying into the Clemson defense, but he's a guy who can fill it up in a hurry from outside. I, I really like this team. I do. I think they're well coached. And their front court, too, I think in an era of front court players that can sometimes not be as tough as previous years, like they're able to out-tough guys down low. Like they went to that game in Alabama and they had that front court in hell. Grant Nelson looked like a little kid. And I think yeah. there's a lot of front courts around the country that they can do that. Like I look at the great teams like Arizona's front court. You're not going to like punk them or anything like that. Out tough them. Could they out tough a Duke front court? Hell yeah, they could. Could they out tough a UNC front court? I do believe that they could. Will that lead to wins and like them win the ACC? I don't know about that. Obviously, it's outside of that. Basketball is more than just being able to out tough people in the front court. But, like, this is a damn good team, and P.J. Hall is, like, one of the best players in the country. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's really, really good. I'm with you. I think Clemson's good. I also think Clemson's better than Oklahoma, just for comparison's sake in what we're doing. I I like Clemson more than I like Oklahoma. I would would say that, too. Yeah. Also, to complete the circle, we're going to do coaching stuff in a minute. Uh, If if Michigan basketball is having a parallel to Michigan State football, hiring Brad Brownell would be hiring Jonathan Smith. I don't think Brad Benal's been as successful as Smith was at Oregon State. He hasn't? No, like they've been missing the tournament. Have they? I don't think they made the tournament like the last five years, to be honest with you. You do know that Jonathan Smith had a lot of losing seasons at Oregon State before two decent ones. I mean, Brad Benal wasn't ACC Coach of the Year, was he? Um, I don't know. It might have happened once in his like 20 years. Benal was on the hot seat coming into this season because he wasn't making the tournament. You know, went 23 and 11 last year. They went 25 and 10 in 2018. They went 22 and 12 in 2011. And they and they missed the tournament, right? No, not all those years. Which 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 years did they make it? Made the tournament in 21. Made the tournament in 18. Made the tournament in 11. Okay, so they haven't made the tournament the last two two years. I think Brad Brownell would be Jonathan Smith. That's all. Okay. I'm saying. Okay. okay, that's all I'm saying. Maybe Brad, that, that counts as the jab counter. <laughs> that's not a jab. Uh, <laughs> Who's next? I think it's James Madison that's next on my list. Uh, hey, is is this team good? They beat Michigan State. They must be good. I don't think they're that good. <laughs> jab counter. Jab counter. Uh, no, I don't. I think this team is 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 solid. I don't think I don't think they're that good. To be honest with you, I think they're good. 
I think I, I think there's a lot of other better mid majors than them. Do you think they lose a game? Yes. <laughs> Do you think they lose five games? God, you know, I'm I'm really rusty on my Sun Belt knowledge. I think they lose three games. Ten Palm has them twenty-seven and three. Uh, yeah. they're favored in every game except for a road game at App State later this season. So I don't know. I th- I think James Madison's good. I think the game against Michigan State was a lot about James Madison just being legitimately good. I buy that. Uh, and final one here, Ole Miss. Uh, you know, it's just great to see a good person have success. You yeah, know, you know what? Like a good, a good feel-good story that really gets you choked up when you think about it. Would would Chris Beard be like the Urban Meyer? Like it back to my parallels. Like if we spent a month saying like raise the flag, bring me Chris Beard, would that would that be the same? No, because. Chris Beer got arrested. Uh, Urban Meyer just is a little is a little little sexual deviant, a little horny. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit. Mm, yeah, yeah. Beer's a lot worse. Uh, Ole Miss is okay. They so haven't not beat, good. Yeah, they haven't beaten anybody. Beat Memphis. Yeah. I thought you love Memphis. That's you want. Okay, you're right. Let, you're right. Let me let me take that back. I did forget that they beat Memphis, but because they beat Memphis, are we giving them the are we giving them the good, the good bump? I think Ole Miss is bad. Uh, they they beat Detroit Mercy by one point at home. They beat Sam Houston State by three points at home. They beat Temple by one point on the road. Um, I think Ole Miss is bad. I think Redacted is such a good coach. <laughs> He's such a good coach, man. Like, I do you know how many coaches would just lose all their close games? Yeah. <laughs> like, this guy just wins. He All he does is win their close games. Wait a minute. Is that a jab counter? No, that was a jab at my my coach. That was a self-jab. Okay. Good you could self. say you could say that was a little bit of a punch I threw at myself there. That's hey. You're supposed to come bear hug me before I get to actually swing, by the way. That's what, how this is supposed to work. Uh, all right. Do you want to do Memphis? I, apparently, we're just doing the seven undefeated teams, but also Memphis. Is Memphis good? <laughs> My true TV Tigers are good. Javon Quinterly has been great. David Jones has been great. The other transfers have been great. Penny Hardaway has been great. Just want some respect put on my Tigers. That's all. Let's just pretend that they're undefeated. I think that should be a bit for the rest of the season. Is that <laughs> Memphis? Memphis is still undefeated. They got to be part of this exercise. So, yeah, I, I think Memphis is good. They're old. They got a bunch of dudes who just kind of buy in, play unselfish right now. Different guys that can beat you on a given night. Uh, the uh, the quotes from Penny were a little ominous last night, though. I don't like that he's like, I don't know if my player's sick or not. Yeah, true. Also, they might get Naquan Tomlin. That'd which be I'm, crazy. Which I'm very in on. That would be crazy. All right. Uh, anybody else you want to do? Anybody else we should pretend is undefeated? No, no Big Ten teams need to be talked about. Northwestern's not good? No. Okay. All right. Cool. Thanks. Fun segment. Final topic today. Timely one for, I think, both of us. I'm a Michigan fan. You're a Michigan State fan. One of us more than others. But I, I think this is a timely topic for both of us. Let's just like hypothetically look ahead to the end of the season, maybe April, April, May range. Um, what's the coaching carousel looking like these days? Like years ago, there were a lot of different names mentioned than would be named now. Like who who is the best coach available that a program, any random program, could maybe have their eyes on this year? Hmm. Well, I think. Obviously, the obvious one you got to throw out there is Dusty May because of what he's done at Florida Atlantic. Like, that's out there. That's a real thing. Um, obviously, with the situation that happened with Nacon Tomlin at Kansas State, there's the rumors that there's rifts between Jerome Tang and administration. So, Jerome Tang, I think, is going to be a real hot commodity name out there. Um, I'm speaking for Michigan right now. I'm not really focusing on Michigan State coaching carousel things. I refuse to do so. Mm. I'll be honest with you. I refuse to do that yet. I think think yours is a little bit more prevalent in this situation, given the times. Got it. Okay. But but because we love a good hypothetical, I will give you three names, 
currently that when the time comes, who I'd like to coach Michigan State in uh, no in no I mean, order. You you didn't have to do this. I I find it interesting that you're you're ready to do this. Yeah, I, I, I just why not? Why not me, huh? I am doing anything in my honor. I am making this man say no. First person I'm going to, I'm going to Scott Drew. And I'm making that I'm making that dude say no. It's the first dude I'm going to. Am Second, I allowed, am I allowed to comment or do I have to wait? Can you wait to the end? Sure. Okay. Second, Dwayne Stevens. Didn't know what I had till it's gone. Come on back, coach. What? <laughs> Are you serious? No, I just want to get your reaction. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. uh, take it easy. Take it easy now. Uh, I Personally, I want to make every great coach say no, but I'm not going to throw Jerome Tang on my list because I don't think he would even come to MSU. Don't think he oh, would. But but Scott Drew was a good one to have on. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Jerome Tang. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Nate Oates. Probably my second call there. And third, last but certainly not least. God, I want to put Jerome Tang, but I know he won't. It's going to be a Michigan State guy, but I don't even know who the tree would be, honestly. And Drew hasn't been good enough, to be honest, and Chris Fowler is an assistant at a bad Western Michigan. Like, we mm. – honestly, I don't have a third candidate. Those are the only two I can think of right now. Okay. All right. Um, am I allowed to comment now? Yeah. Scott Drew is an insane one to be the top of the list guy. It's a great coach. Scott Drew might be my favorite coach in the country. But, like, if you're if you're beginning the list with Scott Drew, might as well put Matt Painter second. Uh, might as well put John Shire third. Like, can we go down the list of the quote-unquote elite coaches that are happy where they're at that – for God knows what reason we think would be excited about getting a phone call from Alan Haller. Like I what's, what's the scenario where Scott Drew leaves? It's just money. That's all this is. Yeah. Money, a little change of scenery. Like he's always been a Baylor. Who knows? You think he wants a change of scenery from the place he won a national championship three years ago in Texas that he loves. I think Scott Drew's a fixer. I think Scott Drew's the happiest guy in college basketball. I think, I think he likes to fix broken things. Oh, got it. Okay. So when we break, come fix us. This guy's not John Beeline, man. You're not hiring him away from West Virginia where he made one sweet 16. Like, he's a national champion who loves where he's at. He is abundantly positive and happy anytime anyone sees him in public. Like, I get the only play there is money, which is true. He's really underpaid at Baylor. Yeah. Uh, But I, I think if you're... Both schools are green, too. Tang is different because Tang's obviously going to throw himself in other jobs. But to me, Tang makes more sense to put on this list than Drew does because we know that Tang isn't at his destination job. Scott Drew's at Baylor, dog. Like, he's (laughs) – I don't think Scott Drew is leaving the place he's been winning national championships. I don't see it. I see it. Okay. All right. Um who are the others? I got Oates. so distracted. Oates. Yeah, Oates. Oates belongs, but I, I think Oates would just be losing or using either Michigan school for leverage. Like just going up against each other? I just like if, if Michigan calls Oates, I think he pretends he's interested and gets a raise at Alabama. Yeah, true. But I, I really can't think of any other coaches, to be honest. Like Dusty May is not coming to Michigan State. I don't think Dust. I I don't even think that works. I think Dusty May would. I do. Well, the, scratch that. Dusty May would come to Michigan State. Is that who we're? Is that like who we're going for? Though I don't know. Let me throw some names at you. Okay. Greg McDermott. Uh, no, thank you. Great offense. Yeah, and offensive. Okay. Um, that's really the only name I had for you. Like, to- Tommy Lloyd's a pipe dream, right? That wouldn't happen? Oh, yeah. No, there's no chance. Not with what's cooking right now, I feel like. What about... All right, you want to get diabolical? 
If you say Oregon State's basketball head coach, I'm adding four to the jab counter. No, I got a different one. It's diabolical. Okay. How much is Brad Underwood making? Oh, my God. How much is he making? What's the buyout? How much is he making? There's literally no chance. Why? I just don't see it. Why? Okay, but now what is Brad Underwood's contract? He's making $29 million through six years. We got a bag for that. Can I actually – I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm so sorry, Illinois fans, but let me <laughs> let me go through this. Brad Underwood, a year ago, two years ago, I think would have been a name on the list of like potential Kentucky guys, potential Kansas guys. I don't believe he's on those lists anymore. Even if Illinois is really good this year, which they're going to be, they are really good. Uh, for some reason, I just I feel like something has flipped with him narratively that like Jerome Tang is now the guy for all these jobs, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Brad Underwood's not going to beat that. Now, there had been rumors of like, okay, if Tang leaves, would Underwood leave Illinois for Kansas State? That's been a rumor. I don't think he would necessarily, but I know like there's been real skepticism that Brad wants to be at Illinois forever. That's that's been a real thing from real people. Now he's certainly happy right now, but that doesn't mean that Michigan State couldn't go in and offer him a higher number, right? Like, I d- definitely could hire, definitely could hire or, or offer a higher number currently. Okay, now you got me like deep in this. Like this, this is this is doable. I mean, Cart, he's been the best regular season coach in the Big Ten, other than Painter. And he was doing it when Painter had some down years, I feel like a couple years ago, Brad, maybe not. Maybe Painter and Brad were both down at the same time. But, like, it, the, the Big Ten wins are there. Like, do all the numbers on how many Big Ten games has Brad Underwood won and lost. He's been insanely good for four straight seasons. I don't think you're going to find somebody better. He's been better than Izzo in the conference for four years. True. He knows the conference. What's Greg Gard making a year? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I would love, I would absolutely love if Michigan offered Brad Underwood their head coaching job. He, they like, he would immediately hang up the phone. I don't think he would hang up the phone if Michigan state called though. I don't think he would either. Some, some of the monitor moving forward. All right. Can I give you uh so you did your Michigan state. Can I give you my Michigan names? Oh, you're Dan Skippy. You can. I think Dusty Mays won. I think you have an opportunity to get him before Indiana gets him since Mike Woodson looks competent. That's good. I think Sean Miller. I think Sean Miller's a great coach, and I don't think he's a lifer at Xavier. Okay. Outside of that, I don't know who else. <laughs> kind of love those two names, though. I would love if Sean Miller was Michigan's coach. Would absolutely love. As a Michigan State fan, that as a Big Ten fan, that would strike fear in me. It would be really fun. Um, they could hire like Jalen Rose. What's Jimmy King up to nowadays? Yeah, what's uh, maybe we could let a player like honestly, let's make Doug McDaniel player coach for a year and just see what happens. Could do that if it means keep Doug. I'm in. Do uh, honestly. Whoever was Doug's high school higher team takeover AAU program or whatever as the coach. Yeah. Hire Doug's mom. In reality, at the end of the day, Dusty May is going to get a blue blood job somewhere that we don't see coming. Uh, Michigan is going to hire Brad Brownell and Tom Izzo is going to be here 25 years from now. So we just wasted 15 minutes on a segment that we didn't need to do. Last thing I'll say on this. Dusty May ends up coaching at Florida when Golden leaves to go coach somewhere else. Ooh. Golden to Michigan? Golden Golden to Michigan. The Golden Boy? Dusty to Florida. I would hate that. Jawan to Florida Atlantic. Jawan to anger management. <laughs> I'm, I'm just worried about 
I just want him to be happy and healthy, man, in a good spot. Let's get some sunshine. A little, little different type of jab counter, eh? Uh, hey. All right. One big thing presented by Big B. What's your one big thing? Uh, my one big thing is that if you are going to get in a physical altercation with someone, just make sure you win. Shout out to uh, Draymond Green. Yeah. Like, you, if you're going to do it, you better win. Who won in this one? I think everybody lost in this one, unfortunately. All right. My one big thing is that I stand with John Sanderson. I just I want to make it known what side of the fence I am on. Uh, take as much time as you need, John. If you need, you know, a good lawyer, I have recommendations. Um, I, I stand with you. I want you to be fully compensated in the end of this. And uh, I I would like to encourage other Michigan staff members to stand with me. Let's 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 move on from this. We don't need let's, to attach ourselves to the darkness anymore. Okay, let's oh, you're, move on. You're, oh, you're rallying the troops. I'm rallying the troops. That's what I'm doing. I I don't want to sit. I don't know what's going to happen. Michigan hasn't set a peep. They're the great job, Michigan sports. That's what you always do. You go silent when bad things happen. Uh, institutional chaos is what it is at that place. I. I'm going to be sick to my stomach if I have to watch a press conference where Phil Martelli talks about how it was nothing and he loves Juwan. I'm going to be sick to my stomach. So you don't have to do it. You don't have to pretend that the bad man isn't bad. Let's let's just acknowledge that the bad man is bad. Maybe get the bad man out. Maybe hold on to the strength coach who has a four-star recruit as a son that's been here since Nick Stauskas was in diapers. Acknowledge the bad man. Thank you for everyone tuning in to today's Sleepers Media episode. We will be back tomorrow per usual. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Don't hit others. And join the Discord on your desktop for $9.99 a month. Thank you. I love you all. And good night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.